this week on the Roommates Podcast. When people treat you a certain way because they think you can do something for them or because you are on TV every day, it's foul and we know it. Yeah. But by the way, or because you come up, you guys want to come up and they're treating you different. Like you say, you're talking about how you're going to re-interview certain people. Like you might have a different reaction from different people now that you already interviewed before, right? They're like, all right, cool. All right, roommates, cool. Y'all yeah, doing it? Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. I see what's going on. I see, but it's okay. Just peep game. Like, it's fine, but just make sure you stay true to who you are. Like, because that's just the game. Like, you can't change who people are. People get so consumed, and you cannot. I get consumed. Not so much to the point like, oh, there goes so-and-so, but, like, everybody can get caught up in whatever way they can get caught up. Yeah. And people praising you and telling you how rich you are, you can. some people can get caught up. Best advice I've ever got, ever in my entire life, was don't get too high or don't get too low. Stay right here. And that's the best thing y'all could ever do. Yo, what's good, world? It's your boy, Hafeed. Chris is the show, baby. Yes, yes, yes. And welcome to The Roommates, a worldwide community of individuals united on the values of becoming holistic health, kindness, togetherness, and a thirst for knowledge. Also known as the best hour of your week where you are. Entertained like a stand-up. Educated like a TED Talk. And enlightened like a sermon. And guys, this mm. week, the podcast is brought to you guys by our great friends over at at Wix. Do you have a website, Chris? I do have a website. And where did you get your website from? From Wix.com. Wix.com. So guys, remember I've been telling you guys for all these weeks, if you are a brand, if you are a podcaster, if you are a YouTuber, if you are doing anything in the creative field and you do not have a website, you need to go ahead and get your website right now. Go ahead and head over to Wix.com. Offer code roommates. Make sure you go ahead and check that out. Go ahead and go to Wix.com slash the roommates, guys. I'm telling you guys, you need to get your website on Wix. You need to get it. It's 2019. Got it. You ain't got no website by now. People are looking you up. They don't, take they don't see your name. They're not going to take you seriously. So go ahead. Create your website. Wix.com. Offer code roommates or Wix.com slash the roommates. And yes, Chris, we are back in are. Los Angeles. My favorite. My favorite place to visit. Favorite place to visit. Easily. New York is last. <laughs> Why is New York last? It's too busy. Mm. It's too much. It's too difficult. I got to catch a train and Uber is 10 times expensive. It's ridiculous out here. Mm. So we're back and we are in a lovely, very lovely studio. I I, I thought I was going to get on this platform for a whole different reason. But clearly that wasn't the case. But I am thankful yes. for being here. Yes. And we are, where are we, Hafi? We are in ESPN Studios. Mm, and we it. have somebody that we are very very excited to bring on the show a yes. brand new roommate. First yes. time on the show. First time. Very excited to introduce the one and only ah. Carrie Champion. Ah. I'm so excited. So wait, what a second. I, I have a question. Okay. You're back in LA. Who'd you guys interview in LA before you got here? Before I, I was even on the podcast. Mm. Devon Franklin, Chris Broussard, Chris Broussard. Chris, you put Chris on before me? Yeah. And I know he, I know his stuff went viral. I remember what he said. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Shout out to my man, Chris. Yeah. Yes, yes. And yeah. Lewis House. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so. It's forgiven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. So, for the people who don't know who you are, okay. can you give us a bit of a background, who you are, what you do, and all that jazz? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I love everything that you guys are doing. It's pretty amazing. Thank so, you, I, I, I work at ESPN, and I think um, I probably became most known 
uh, working on a show called First Take with mm -hmm. Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith at the time. So we were like um, the trifecta, like yes. we were the big, the big three, yes. if you will. Um, and that show was um, the very first time that they had ever had an African American woman sit in a studio Monday through Friday on ESPN. At the time, I didn't know that, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but it pretty much changed my perspective on everything, how I move, how I live, what I wanted to do with my career. I left first take, my choice. Everybody's always oh, trying oh, to say. Let that be known. Let that be known. Yes. Because people will be clear. like, so y'all got mad and he didn't want on the show. I'm like, I'm all set. Let me tell you, I had a career choice, and I wanted to be able to flourish in my own right and that was working on another platform that would allow me to showcase a little more so i went to sports center it's been nothing but great i have a show called coast to coast um i co-anchor it uh every day monday through friday on espn at noon eastern mm. tuesday through friday noon eastern you can catch it so i'm all set i'm happy i'm living in la coast to coast is the part i'm on the west coast of the coast yeah. to coast <laughs> so you guys should tune in it's hella funny for sure definitely and uh and it like I like what you said, like you had to make a career move because a lot of people would just, you know, they'll get stagnant and something. For like, sure. Because first thing was going really well. Oh, no. When I left, everybody was like, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. That's crazy. Why are you leaving? What are you going to do? Your career is about to be over. You're about to go to sports center. You just become one of a many, one of many. Like I was told from everybody. To, no one told me, not one person, except for my girl, Jay. Shout out Jay. Shout out Jay. Shout out Jay. Always need that uh, shout out Jay. <laughs> Nobody was like, you're going to do great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody was like, mm, I don't know. This is a huge platform. It's, you're going to become known. And I'm like, you're right. But what do you do when you have this, this platform? What do you use your platform for? Do you stay consistent? Do you stay scared? You got to travel in the direction of your fear. Mm. And I was like, all right. And it kept getting in my head. Like, everybody was just like, you're not going to be able to do nothing. Like, you're not going to too bad. Like, oof. You know, those kind of talks. Yeah. And I was like, I'm all set. I got to embrace everything that scares me. Yeah, you got you to gotta travel to what, you're, what, what you fear. Absolutely. That, I, I, have, I have that. to live in my uncomfortable essence. If I'm comfortable, I got to get out. Like when I'm easy, when life is good and everything feels right, I'm like, I ain't, I'm not hustling. Like literally, I know I'm not hustling. When I feel too easy about everything and everything comes easy. Whether that be work, you know, friendships, relationships, like there has to be work in everything you do. Well, I mean, why are we here? What is our platform for? You know what I mean? So where did where did this come from? Like yeah. where did this like hunger hustle mentality, hustle yeah. mentality come from? Just watching my mom, just who we are. It's in our DNA. Like we come from kings and queens, as you know, and um, a lot of us don't know that. I'm gonna tell you a true story. I didn't learn that until I went to I went on a this trip to Africa this past year and oh, which part i went to ghana and i was so it was actually from, yeah, yeah. So. well actually it was a trip it was a bunch of us um it was a full circle family trip that we ended up calling it and it was a bunch of us that went it was crazy it was all over social it was a bunch of us that went and the first part was to nigeria Shout out Niger. part, yeah yeah and that second part was to ghana um and we did a trip that changed my life in terms of where we decided to go on one of our excursions which was to elmira castle which is probably the home of the biggest transatlantic slave trade. And we saw the castle where they kept the slaves and where they kept, they kept the, the, the mothers separated from the children and the husbands separated from their wives. And they, they, they walked us through this entire castle and what they would do to these people. And you go into these dungeons or caves, if you will, um, and you can still smell, like it's crazy. You can still smell urine and death 
and you can feel the spirit of our ancestors. Oh, wow. And it blew everybody away. It wasn't a dry in the house. And the guy goes, our tour guy goes, so if they can survive this, what can't you survive? Mm. And you sitting there like, I can't, I can survive whatever I want. Mm. Just imagine being treated that way. He explained the worst conditions. You couldn't eat. You couldn't use the restroom. You had to do it all in this packed room. Just imagine being in a room this size and it, we just shoulder to shoulder and we can't yeah. really sleep and we sleeping on top of each other and there's no real place to use the restroom and being confined in the dark for months at a time. And then when we finally let you out, it's either for some type of retribu uh, retribution where you want to say you shouldn't have done that or we want to treat you bad or then, then, then you get on this boat and you make this trip mm. to America or the Caribbean or wherever they're shipping you off to after you've been treated so poorly. You've been ripped away from your family, your, that all you've known, right? We sit you in a dungeon for months at a time. Then, then we send you across the Atlantic because that's what we want to do because that's how we want to treat you because we can. And who even knows what that voyage is like? They would tell stories of how if they found out the women were pregnant. They'd throw them overseas. They'd throw them off the boat. Mm. Throw them off the boat. Just like, whatever. Throw them off the boat. Sorry. No room for you. You're holding us back. Then we get here to the States and we survive and become the most amazing people. And we and this this he's given this story. The a shout out to this man who was like the best. <laughs> they call <laughs> it's funny. They called him the rabbi, black guy. They called him the rabbi. And he would tell us these amazing stories and they were true. It wasn't stories, it was just truth. And I'm like, how come we don't learn this in school? How come we don't hear about this? And he's like, if you think you can't survive, what's wrong with you? And then I came back like Yo. Yeah. We oh like I what am I doing? It's it is a trip that every person should make. Mm -hmm. We do this ancestry test, 23andMe, all these little tests that we do. If you don't take that trip to Africa, if you don't save your money and you ain't gotta go to Paris yeah, yeah. for fashion week and you don't have to go to, you know, whatever it is that you gotta floss for on the gram, save your money and go to Africa. Save every dollar you have and go find out about your people, Whether, wherever you come from in Africa. Like, do that. You will come back with a whole new perspective of what we're supposed to be doing mm. and who we are. Like, if you were to summarize, I know it was a lot that you experienced, a lot that you internalized through. And how many, how many days was it? We were there, I don't know. Um, it was a probably a two-week trip. I was there for about seven days. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to summarize that, in one sentence that has really transformed your life in this next season, what would you describe that trip as? Um, yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, no, that trip empowered me. I think I was empowered, but I was empowered on a very, um, not even superficial level. I was empowered on the level of just the hustle and the grind. I gotta be honest with you too. As of late, and y'all know this, everybody is, what's up king, what's up queen? As of late, we use that, whatever that is. And for a while, I said, I, I'm, I'm not even comfortable saying this, but I have to say it. For a while, probably about two years ago, I was uncomfortable with men calling me queen. Just think about that for a moment. I'm like, hey, hey, like, oh, wait, why are you? Um, and then when I came back, I was like, I am a queen. Like, that's the only way you will address me. Now, mind you, I have this confidence on my own, but I really didn't know where it came from. There is a, there is this intestinal fortitude we have as people, right? 
that people can't really understand where it comes from. And we think it's just because we grew up watching our parents hustle or we came from a rough neighborhood or we came from difficult circumstances. Our circumstances cannot compare to what our ancestors went through. They really can't. And when you live it, see it, walk their walk, like literally the trip to Elmira Castle, we are walking the walk from the dungeon to the boats. Get on this boat, chained. You're like, and so you're like, oh, okay, it's in my DNA. DNA has cellular memory. So if you think the fact that we can't survive and be how we are in the most difficult circumstances isn't about our cellular memory, you are crazy. That's where that comes from. That's why we are kings. That's why we are queens. And that's why we intimidate people and they fear us. Because the regalness in which we possess with so much ease is truly who we are. Nah, I think Chris. <laughs> I'm the emotion. I'm beyond emo. I yeah. could, like there. I I couldn't. I went with my girlfriend Bozma, um, and she's from Ghana, and she was one. Her Boris Kojo, his wife Nicole, um, a bunch of people, and I'm not name dropping. Just a bunch of. Yeah, people. I feel like you name dropping right now. I am, but these are the people who put the trip together. Yeah, yeah. they put the trip together. You know, like Boris from Ghana, part he's from partially from Ghana, his dad is. They put this trip together and they just invited a bunch of people and they were like, just come. They started off as a group, it was like small, and then it grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was like, and it wasn't no celebrity stunt. Like this trip, you really sat with people and you watched them cry, you watched them laugh. Like it was some real vulnerable stuff, which we have a problem being with men and women. And it was, um, exposed us on so many different levels and I was like yo not even paying attention you didn't even know who you were with but just um the realness of it the um authenticity of learning grown-ass woman I didn't know so much I'm like what I'm just not learning this yeah and it is a trip that we all should take it is a rite of passage we save our money for the worst things right I'm going to Miami for the weekend I don't know <laughs> have you been Born to Miami my weekend? <laughs> it ain't worth it. My hey, it ain't worth it. <laughs> now, mind you, I stunt in my. Tell me, look. Let me just explain to you. I've been everywhere. I don't yeah. like. I've been in Miami. I've been in Vegas. I did all the trips. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to the islands and post. I'm gonna do that. In well, I got weeks. an email address. <laughs> <around here. laughs> I'm gonna do all yeah. that. <laughs> but I'm like, if you can save your trip, save your money, and take this trip, it life changing. Mm. On everything I love, life changing. No, I think it's what really stood out that you shared and it's a really interesting conversation is about the formation of identity mm -hmm. that was created in that trip. And one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of people, Chris loves talking about identity, but a lot of mm -hmm. people don't have identity, right? Because unfortunately for black Americans, the identity is really what the media gives you. Like you're a criminal, you're loud, you're aggressive, you're this type of animal, you're this person. Like a lot of these negative stigmas create our identity, you know, in the media. But the beauty of being able to go back to Africa is that you get the identity that was kind of robbed from you hundreds of years ago, robbed from this entire generation of people. And it's like once you know who you are, you know where you can go, right? And once you have that established identity, it really can propel you to do a lot of great things. And I and I just love that you're like you're saying that like for so many people like before your kids go to Disney World before your kids 
go to a tour in Europe, like take them to Africa and give them their identity. Give it to them. Because, you know what I mean? Or, and if you can't do it, because listen, so many people talk about everybody can't go to Africa. Like that's so expensive. The idea of it sounds so overwhelming. It sounds, I'm going Africa, it sounds so far away, but that's what they want you to believe, right? Look, if I could go to Mexico, I can go to Africa. Like, don't play with me. It's just, I can save and just do the same thing. My, my point is, is that there is this belief that it's so unattainable and that you can't do it. And it is so within our reach. And if you can't do it that way, then you gotta, you have to learn on your own. I came home and I ordered so many different books and I just started reading about the things that I didn't learn when I was in high school or even in college. Because when you do become an adult, you gotta seek that knowledge. No one else is gonna give it to you. And they want you to miss out and they don't want you to have that knowledge. They don't want you to know where you come from because if you do, you're unstoppable. They don't want you to know how powerful you are. They don't want you to know that you are regal and you scare them, whoever they may be, right? whomever it may be and so i was like yo the knowledge is here it's for the taking and that's what the rabbi was saying he was like don't just keep this to yourself when y'all get back to the states and if you have this platform you make sure you share it it's not right you're doing a disservice to anybody who whether it be follow you on social media who is your friend they have to understand the importance of what it means because we could change an entire culture if we started doing that Wow. No, I, um, the biggest takeaway I got is definitely like, like how he said the identity is so important. Identity is huge. Because, like, it, it's something where it's kind of like you have to do it all your life. Because you all, because you're going to have, you're going you're gonna to have bad days. You're going to have days you doubt yourself. And you're going to have, you're going to have great days. You learn about yourself and you're trying to apply all those things. So, like, yeah. what are some of your processes? Like, when you learn something or you have a bad day that you deal with, with your identity in a positive way yeah that's a good question great question all great questions even though we're having a conversation identity um in this day and age is particularly difficult for everybody not just us folks but everybody mm -hmm. and i think that's because the advent of social media like we feel and i um so by way of background i have this foundation called brown girls dream where i'm just a huge advocate for brown girls like and by that i mean latin asian blacks whatever and it's for women who just want to succeed and be connected to people who are all who are already doing what they think they want to do or be in the field in which they think they want to be in, right? And so the whole point of the foundation is to hold the door open because you got a dream, you have a dream, I have a dream, we all have a dream. And we need somebody to help us facilitate that dream and give us a yes. And you have to be so grounded in your identity and who you are as a person to want to help somebody else who's on the come up and not be concerned about them taking your position and not be concerned about them being better than you but realizing it's a collective. And if we build this collective community in the way that we're supposed to build it, it's <clears> gonna be powerful, they can't stop us. And that's the whole purpose of my foundation and everything is volunteer basis. I got the baddest women in the game helping younger women be them, but better. Literally be them, but better. Hold that door open. And you, your job, honestly, once you get there is to hold the door open. Like all of, all of everything that we do, y'all included, right? Like, yeah. it's to help somebody else. Like, people forget that part of the message. Like, if you're not serving anybody, that's your rent to live on earth. Muhammad Ali said it best, right? Mm -hmm. Like, give back. That's our rent, right? And so when I think about our identity and, and how sometimes on days when we just, me, I'll speak on my personal level, when I just get lost and I get consumed and I get caught up in the likes or I get caught up in who's, 
who's hanging out with who or who has the 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 FOMO, the fear of missing out shots. And I'm like, nobody invited me. I want to know <laughs> I know everybody in that picture. Nobody said I could come. Or dang, oh, oh, he doing that with so and so. Dang, I wish I could have did that. Like, if we're being honest, we all have those moments. And what I do is just remind myself, and I'm not saying that I remind myself in that moment, but I remind myself, I pull myself out of that that trap, whether it be, because I'm known, I'll I, I tap out of IG for a minute. I'm not even dealing with it. Or I just stay on my page or whatever I am. I just got to get, the, I got to get the message across. I got to stay on point. I have to stay on, on brand, if you will. What's the brand? The brand is to promote and build other brands and make sure that people really understand that their platform is to give back. Like, my brand is to tell wonderful stories like y'all telling great stories to meet amazing people who are doing amazing things right so stay on brand like that's all i can say is that when you get caught up and you lose your identity based on some outside shallow stuff stay on brand i tell every young lady who wants to do what i'm doing if you're in this to be famous you're in trouble because people will see through that like you could be hot you could be cute you could be smart but if you don't sustain a certain level of credibility, if you don't continue to live in a world in which you demand more of yourself and you really understand your true purpose, you can't survive. I hate when I hear people be like, go back to the kitchen, you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Go back to the kitchen? I don't know what I'm talking about? Like you get that all the time. And, and I get it a lot from men, but I get it because the, the power that I as a queen has intimidates them, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, but I'm sustaining and I'm, I'm always reaching higher and I'm not going to let the outside voices bother me all the time. They may get to me, but I just got to stay on brand and what I'm trying to do. No, there was a, there was a couple of things that stood out to me. And these are really, really two interesting points. I think the first thing that a lot of people really struggle with is this idea of not viewing the other people as competition yeah, to be sure. torn down but as fellow brothers and sisters to be lifted up. Sure. And it's like, it's, it's just so fascinating that we literally, like, and this is everybody, we literally see somebody else and we feel like, and I remember Gary V once said it, he said, you can, there's two ways of building the highest tower in town, right? <laughs> yeah. The first way is to actually build the highest tower in town. The second way is to tear everyone else's down so that you're the only, you're the only one standing. And I see that for so many people, we're all struggling with viewing everyone else like we have to tear them down to be successful but you're talking about like no let's lift everybody up and by lifting each other up we actually improve and benefit ourselves yeah well the lifting up is just let me give you this advice let me put you on game you don't have to take it like i mean god I, folks will remain nameless but i've gone to, i've gone to people and i've been like yo this is what i'm hearing you could think i'm a hater and you could think i don't have your back but if you want to be above it all, you should not let this be the perception. Now that's hard to do. I struggle with that. And there are times when I haven't done it and I've watched certain people not do well. And that hurts my heart because I'm like, I saw that and I just let it ride. I appreciate when people pull me aside with the message of, hey, not some stupid shit like your heels are too high <laughs> and, and you intimidate people or your skirt's too short. I don't wanna hear that shit. I yeah. wanna hear, I want to hear, Carrie, your name is in the streets and you ain't doing it right. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear why. I don't want to hear the dumb stuff. And everyone is not comfortable doing that for two reasons. One, it may be because they don't want to appear to be a hater. The second reason, and probably the more popular reason, is because they don't want to watch you succeed. Mm -hmm. If someone's ever come to you on some real 
and you have to be it's subjective right you got to yeah. figure out what constructive criticism is take it to heart you ain't got to change who you are because i take it to heart i'm like okay note it note it whether i move or decide to do something about it that remains to be seen but noted because there are a lot of things that we're like really successful people or ambitious people are always in their own way there's that one person who's not in their own way. Y'all might be in your own way. Y'all like, dang, I keep doing that. Dang, why? Well, yeah. Dang it, I'm supposed to. <laughs> we are always in our own way. And so we have to learn. And you got to learn. I think um, there's nothing wrong with competition. Don't, I don't want you to think, because there are people who be watching this like, nah, you didn't do that to me when you was in da-da-da. You, mm -hmm. you was mean to me, Carrie. Uh, competition is, um, it happens. It is what it is, right? There's always competition. It's healthy competition. You're like, so so in her game. Let me get, so he, oh, he doing it. Like, oh, okay. I want to be, I like inspired competition, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, don't live in this box. You can do more. Like, holla at your girl. I don't like, and what the problem is now, and what I've noticed more and more, and, and you can't even comment on it now. It's like, look, you guys have this podcast that's going to come up. People are listening to you and being like, he could take my job. He could take my job. Trust me. Mm -hmm. they, they like, he could take my job. Oh, I, oh, he better than me in this level. Or he a younger version than me, right? And you guys may see people who doing what you're doing and you're like, that's what I want to do. He better than me. Whatever it may be, you're aware when someone can do what you do. But that should not bother you. Because the bigger picture is, and this is such a faith thing, what's meant for you is meant for you. Like, honestly, everything is meant for you. Like, I have lived so many times. Like, I was on this show, um, NBC and The Rock, had this show called Titan Games. And I remember my agent being like, everybody's out for this job here. It's gonna be tough. And I was like, all right, let me just get the meet and greet, all right. And I remember thinking, if it's supposed to be mine, it's supposed to be mine. That's it. Like that, I don't care how many people y'all meeting and greeting and interviewing. If it's gonna be mine, it's gonna be mine. Bring it everybody, badder, taller, younger, skinnier, fatter, whatever. I don't know, bring in the world. But if it's set apart from me, it just comes to you and it feels right. And I got the gig and I was like, it was meant for me. I didn't even worry. And that's just that faith thing. I didn't worry about who else was doing it. I did have a moment in which I felt like I was kind of sharing it with some friends. And one of my homegirls was up for the gig too. And I found out like through back doors, I'm like, dude, this is a true story. I'm like, you're not going to tell me you up for the same gig I'm up for? That's crazy. And she's like, and that's that thing where you feel like you have to compete on the low. But you still love the person, but you like, and I, and I, I don't even know, I'm not an actress. I don't even know how the actresses do it. Cause you know, you see the same actress, especially in our small market in the same world, going for the same role. role. I'm like, how y'all do that? Like y'all still be cool. Like without feeling some type of way. Um, and for me, it's just like, just be honest. It's like, yo, I heard you talking about this the other day. They asked me about it too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's gonna happen. It's just gonna happen. When you pretend like you don't know and you hold back from people you really fool with, that makes them feel like they're competing with you. And you don't want that. So I, I work, it's a daily decision not to be petty as, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a daily decision for me not to be petty. Like, all right, Carrie, don't be petty about this. Old girl thinks she coming at you for this or old girl saying this. Like you hear things your colleagues say about you behind your back. Like my business ain't pretty. Mm -hmm. These folks will be on your head and talk bad about you to so many people you know, only to make sure it gets back to you. And how you remain so headstrong in that? 
It's hard. I'm not look. I got like I got a kitchen cabinet. Like I pull out. Listen, listen. I would I would love to tell y'all I'm above it all. Like I man, I was going through some stuff. I used to call everybody in the book. Like so, if I see old girl, I'm a fire on her, and then they'd be like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. I'm like, okay, you're right. Like because I'm not above it all. I'm a, I'm a human, and it does. But once you calm down and you remove the emotion out of it, you have to take it as a compliment. Because if you're going out your way to tear me down, you can two way to build, right? You tearing me down. Oh, so I'm, I'm threatening you. You're going out of your way behind closed doors to talk bad about me. So I, I appear to be a threat to you and I need to take it as a compliment. Now, it's hard to have that mentality. It is because you're like, you know, I, I don't know how y'all move, right? I, I, I get the sense I'm a big energy person. I get the sense that you guys are good people. You're not out there trying to take people down purposely or intentionally. I don't even know how to do that. I don't know how to call somebody up and be like, yo, let me tell you a story. That's just a flat out lie about somebody so yeah. they can't, so that they cannot be good or excel. Mm -hmm. Imagine the type of evil you have to be yeah. to lie about somebody on purpose to make sure they don't get something you think you deserve or you want. Like that takes a lot of thought and time and energy. I don't, I don't even know how to do that. I'm too busy. Yeah. I'm on roommate's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so, that's super funny. That point, because like, I have a really good friend named Zach Richardson. Shout, Shout out, Zach. Hey, Zach. <laughs> and my friend Zach, he's, uh, you know, trying to play professional football. And so he's connecting with a lot of different trainers and agents and stuff like that. And there was this one guy he was working with who was, like, one of these new trainers. And he was telling him, like, yo, I used to play, like, in the league. I used to do all this. I used to do all type of stuff. Like, pay me this money and I'll train you. And he was like, oh, yeah, obviously, you know, I'll do it. Little did he, did he know that this guy was actually like a scammer. <laughs> never played in the league, you know, never trained any athletes. But he would go around to different cities and like put up this front and, and put up this whole story. And like me and Zach were talking about it and we were like, uh, because the way we were growing up, we, we, we were raised, like that idea doesn't even exist. Like we don't even know yeah. how to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. To look like, somebody wait, hold in the on, face do what? <laughs> and to make up a whole story about your life just to cheat him out of a couple of dollars. Like and, that's and, a, but that's real. Yeah. Think about that. Like yeah. think about what it takes for the person to sit in a room and feel like I'm on a different type of hustle and I want to do it quickly and I and I have an ulterior motive in a way in which I want to harm somebody. Like this will never like, I don't even who even thinks like that? Like, and I know somebody will be listening to this podcast, watching this podcast and be like, a lot of people, as a matter of fact, yeah. that's the nature of the music business. That's the nature of the TV business, the entertainment business. Like, that's just the nature of what it is. But it breeds insecurity, right? You got to fight that off no matter what. You got to let that sit in your spirit and let that die. Because I think sometimes people think because everyone else is doing it, I got to do it too. You know what I mean? It's kind of like I'm the only one playing clean and... If if I don't play in the mud, I they're going to get over oh, me. Oh, no, I've been thinking about that, too. <laughs> like, oh, damn, I'm doing it the right way. I'm minding my business. I'm putting my head down. They're still on my ass. Like, why is everybody bothering me? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. I think I want to believe that the majority of good, there are more good people in the world than there are bad people. I want to believe that. I want to believe. I do. I want. I, I, I know. I was like, don't ask no, me. I don't know. Don't if it's true. No, but like, I don't think. I don't know if it's true. But yeah. I, if I put that in the universe and I let my spirit believe that, and I believe that I deserve only great things, whether it's great love, great work, great friends, because I got a oh man, my group of friends, my 
my my booskies hold me down. I got the best they group single? of friends. <laughs> yes, actually, a couple of them are, and they bad as hell. <laughs> and and they doing phone? it. Look, I'm gonna set you up. Oh, I'm gonna set you I love up. LA. I'm gonna set you up because these these women are great, and their hearts are great, and they're all successful, and they believe in grinding the right way. And so I want to believe if I keep putting that energy out there, and I keep helping young brown girls who want to do what I do, that I'm going to get that back in return and that that my spirit, which is always in the right place, and my heart, which is always in the right place. I may not always verbalize it the right way, but it's always in the right place. I want to believe I'm going to get that back. And I'm not doing it to get it back, but I want to believe that if we live in a world where people really truly want to do good things for other people, that shit happens. Like, this is the best way to describe me because I don't want y'all to think I think I'm some saint. My homegirl the other day goes, shout out to Amina. Shout out, Shout out, yeah. <laughs> She's all like, now, Carrie, I wouldn't describe you as sweet <laughs> or kind. She was like, those words don't come to mind when I first think of you. She was like, sweet and kind don't come to mind. I was just like, oh, right, right, right. She's, but she keeping it real. She was yeah. like, but your heart is big as the world and you will do anything for anybody you care about or love. And we got to murder somebody. Where? Where? <laughs> Where we burn, but what the body is where? Yeah. I got you. Um, sweet and kind is not how I move, right? But yeah, that doesn't I'm mean, that <laughs> yeah. But that don't mean my heart's not yeah. in the right place, and it don't mean that I'm not gonna help somebody else and I'm not gonna take take care of you. It what it means is if you come at me crazy, I'm gonna come at you crazy too. <laughs> like I, I lead with, all right, what's the problem? Like I, you know, because of the world we live in. I don't. I want to believe it's a great place, but I know you and I. Look, we know it's not. So I'm, I sometimes lead with defense before I lead with offense. But once you get through all that, you know, all that toughness, I'm riding for anybody. And I'm, I'm putting anybody on if I can. But that's not the world we live in. So it's called being savvy and being smart. Like, LeBron gets a bad rap, right? Mm. Gotta go to sports. LeBron gets I mean, a, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna get there eventually. He gets a bad rap for different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I tell people, and I'm gonna be careful how I choose my words, what I tell people, especially other players, is say what you want, but he's created a blueprint. And how to, and listen, I'm big in loyalty. Loyalty means a lot, but he's created a blueprint in how to create your own way in a world in which young black men could not. Yeah, he, he changed He changed the, the game. game. Like legacy wise, business wise, he changed the game. And don't don't add me. Is he better than Michael Jordan? I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about how he moved as a businessman and how he and Rich Paul and Maverick mm. and Ernie are moving. Shout out Randy and yeah. Paul. All these people, how they're moving in this world in which doesn't normally welcome men who look like them. Mm-hmm. Say what you want, they still moving in a different way, and they're 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 holding the door open for everybody else. Don't everybody got an entertainment company now? Mm-hmm. Ain't everybody building now? Mm-hmm. Seth has one. Carmelo has one. Kevin Durant has one. Yeah, He's changing the game. And it's not so much following in his footsteps. It's like, this is the possibility. I do have leverage. And when I get this leverage, I'm going to move this way. You may not want to break bread with him, and you may not think he's your best friend, but he's giving you a blueprint, and if you're smart, pay attention. You may not want to break bread with me and hang out with me, and I'm not comparing myself to LeBron in no way, but I'm going to give you a blueprint, and you should appreciate it because my boo Oprah then gave us a blueprint. That's like that's my idol. That's my North Star, right? And, and I don't want to hear no slander about Oprah. Don't at me. Because <laughs> I'm telling you what she did was far more important than whether or not you want to sit with her and have dinner. 
we got to separate the emotional from the, the business. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for us as a people to do that because yeah. we're emotional people. True. But no, yeah, like, uh, that's why I look up to LeBron, like, from, from, from where he started to where he is today because he, I know, I know he pretty, he was really calculating every decision that he made. And he really made, like you said, the blueprint for us young men to have our own identity, our own name, and and really go after this world and take it our own and not really just, you know, conform to what everybody else thinks. And I think he is somebody that is like a super idol to me. I I, mm -hmm. I, I can go on about it, about LeBron, but um I think one of the things that um that really stuck out to me a while back ago is as far as like when you talked about faith. And I think a lot of people, um, when they try to pursue careers, start their own businesses, I think faith is the initial starter. But when things get hard, that's when things get murky and start to get in their own way and start to lose faith, starting to question things. So when you, at that moment in time, you can think back, or even it was yesterday or something, what kept you pushing? That's a good question. What kept me pushing? A combination of things. I'm hella determined. Who made you the who who pissed you now? I'm now I'm, I'm mm. on the friendly stuff. I want that. I want the real stuff. Who pissed you off that lit a spark in the back of your mind that kept you going? Yeah, these fools still piss me off. <laughs> That's what, yeah, I mean a lot of people gotta find motivation through that. I yeah, mean. no, I can tell you now, people right now plotting. And mm. when they stay plotting, I'll be like, stay I plotting. see you. I see you creating false storylines. I see you trying to deter what's meant for me. But I am a queen from Africa. And it's all mine. I'm getting it. Um, I think it's a combination of things, right? I think a lot of people, Kobe had this quote the other day, which I thought was great. He was like, a lot of people who are great at basketball operate out of fear because they, they don't ever want to know what the results are if they, they don't do well, right? Um, and it goes back to what I was telling you. I think I'm motivated from just being so comfortable. Like when I get comfortable, I'm like, Carrie, you ain't on your game. You're not doing what you, I feel myself. Where did that come from? That's a good question. I went back to what I would tell you that I think is just in our DNA, but I think just always watching my parents hustle and work hard and never not work hard. Like, you know the story, like it's, it's been told over and over again. My mom consistently worked. She never not had a job. And when, and then when she didn't have a job, I had to get a job. I was like, I remember, like, I was probably going to ninth grade and my mom lost her job. And she was like, so you're going to have to get a job this summer. And she was like, because otherwise we not going to be able to survive. This little money I have saved is not going to work. I remember getting a job and every, every like two weeks or every week, whatever it was, I was working in a clothing store. And whenever I got a paycheck, I just had to give it to my mom. Like, I didn't see no results. I wasn't able to go shopping with it. I wasn't hanging out at the mall. Like, I would come home. I remember, like, it was yesterday. She dropped me off at work in the summer. I would come home, just, you know, whatever, watch TV, do whatever kid things. But just like every time I got paid, I just give her the paycheck because she wasn't working. And she was like, this is the only way we're going to be able to make, make ends meet. And I think from that moment on that I was just like, working is not an option. Hustling is not an option. Like, that's all I know. And I didn't complain about it. I wasn't like, mom, I want to uh, wanna go swim this summer. I want to hang out with my friends this summer. I just was like, okay, that's what we got to do. I remember like the last summer before, the last like week or two before I started back to school, my mom was like, okay, you can keep this check and you could go school shopping. Cause remember school shopping was a big deal. And it I was, was like, it was a big, it was everything, right? 
Hey, make it or break you. Make it or break you. Like, you don't want to come to school with some bull crap, right? Especially that first day outfit. A good, that first day outfit, <laughs> and you couldn't sleep. Set the tone. Yo, you can set it out on the bed. You could, yeah, yeah, you, no, I told him to be like this. Got the shoes. Still got my high school this. Like, you just remembered, and you couldn't sleep because you'd be so excited yeah, to wear that I'm outfit. I'm about to kill him with this. Like, I'm about to, oh, I'm going to in class. I'm going to be like, what? I had Sean John on. Well, I got Sean John. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But you just remember. Yeah. And I remember my mom. She don't even remember. I remember my mom being like, all right, you take this little check that you got this summer, the one check from working all like all three months long. And she was like, go on and buy you some school clothes. And I didn't wasn't even expecting it. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, I got this, that's what we gotta do. And I was, and it was a reward in my mind, but it just also just taught me like, you know, work hard, try to stay as humble as you can, even though you can't always, but there is a reward at the end of the day for being determined and pushing through tough times. Like I to me, that's the only time I ever learned. That's any time, like when everything's all great, when you learn, when you go high on your horse, when you learn, what are the lessons? I'll say, oh, I'm cute, I'm living. Heartbreak teaches you, um, failure teaches you, um, embarrassment teaches you. Live television is daily embarrassment for me. Worst, most embarrassing mm -hmm. moment. Oh, please, I got so many. <laughs> roll, roll, wait, today, yesterday, <laughs> the day before, no. Um, I've had a bunch. When I first started on First Take, whoa. Here we go. Yo, they were so tough, right? Because I was a rook. Skip and Stephen A knew everything, right? Skip, you know, they, you know what is what is Skip? Skip is I, I'm I'm guessing age. Skip like is 70. 70, 70 yeah. Stephen yeah. A fifty something fifty. Yeah. Like here Mem I come in memories there. Memories like elephants. Memories <laughs> yeah. like elephants covering the game since they was two. Yeah. Like yeah, they know everything. So I would know certain stuff, and they would be like, Ugh. let me be the end of the world. Like how dare you? Yeah. And I'm like, yo. I don't remember Roger Staubach as the quarterback. <laughs> like, dude, I wasn't yeah. even born. Like, yo, yeah. I don't, I don't have like whatever, you know, Dallas Cowboys. Hey, sorry, mm -hmm. but my point is, it's like it would be stuff, or I pronounce the name wrong, and it would just be. <laughs> uh, I know Skip is the one. Skip would be like, <sighs> <laughs> I'd be reading my intro. He'd be like, <sighs> <sighs> I, you would just be melting because you knew you're doing it wrong, right? He, <sighs> Skip, Skip, relax, bro. Yeah. <laughs> It's not the end of the world. Yeah. I'm gonna get it right, and then, but I'm good. I'm good. They did that to me because I ha I go home. I study harder. Yeah. I go home. I read more. I go home. I pay attention. I'm watching everything. You ain't gonna catch me slipping with these two on my watch. And I appreciated everything, and I learned so much. So say what you want about them and how they were. It taught me so much, mm -hmm. and that's real. Like as a woman, there are certain things where I wish I didn't have to anticipate or deal with because you know you're not like. A man gets automatic credibility in sports. A woman, you're like, mm, this much room for error. You barely pronounce something wrong. They're like, ah, she didn't know. <laughs> I knew she it. Sports. I told you. I told you she I don't know sports. Tell you. And what was sad, I got the most criticism from us. Mm. Black man came in my head and I broke my heart. And I was just like, help a sister out. Literally, help a sister out. Um, but it taught me. It made me better. And it also just, life ain't fair. Like, but it was good. It was such a good lesson. It, my work ethic is like on a thousand. Um, and it already was, but being around them who were perfectionist, like they gotta be right, super steady. Skip dedicated his life to that. And I was like, Skip, I'm going out tonight. You don't have to do nothing. <laughs> we'll be on the road. I'm like, I'm out. We at the road. We look, we at, we at Super Bowl. I'm like, I'm going out. You ain't gotta go out. You know what I mean? But because I was like, you ain't gonna make me that feel like I can't go out. But he, I just taught, I learned a lot. And at the end of the day, I will say this, they both have good hearts. Remember, that's going back to what I know. Once you can sift through all the other nonsense.
and the ego and the insecurity, they both have good hearts. So how did you develop that, you know, that's that radar of finding out who has a genuine heart and who has a You just see how they move. You know. You see how people move behind closed doors. They like being on TV is a whole nother world, but behind closed doors where people can't see what you do for other people, how you live your life, how you treat your family, how you treat your mom, your wife, your sister, your brother, your husband, whatever the case may be, you all that speaks to who you are. Like you and that's my subjective criteria. That may not be yours, but that's mine. Like how you treat, like how a man treats his mom tells you how you and he will interact. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, what do you? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Listen, I, a lot of a lot of people say that. And if you if you if people see <laughs> how me and my mom interact, it's unique. It's unique. It's unique. It's unique. <laughs> because we we love each other. But that's how we play, though. That's how we play. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's okay. Good. It sounds good. <laughs> but if y'all play, it's, it's all good. Like, you, yeah. yeah. But if people I, see how me and my mom interact, they would, like, you wouldn't think. Culture shock. It shocked me. <laughs> but I was like, I knew how to So if you just, like, if you're the friend and you the Like family, what? What's the example? Uh, mom, I, I, I'm doing my podcast. You know how I, you know how I am when I do my podcast. <laughs> Leave, mom. I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, we're, ass culture. <laughs> I can see that. We're going to cut that part out. It's always one part. It's always one part. My parents are from Nigeria. My parents do not. Oh, I know. It's always one part we got to cut out. I'm sorry. I go over the I'm sorry. Please don't make me look bad then. Don't cut out. If you don't cut that, I'll cut out my stuff. No, no, we'll have it, mom. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But no, but. To me, I, I think that's so true because I just joke around about that because the way me and my mom's relationship is she's the one person on earth who completely understands who I am. Yeah. And nothing is personal. Mm -hmm. Like like raw raw emotion of like you said, like I'm not I'm I'm not nice. <laughs> I'm not the sweet guy. But like but I'm very kind and I do care. And so I love it that my mom gives me so much freedom to be myself. But obviously when I cross the line, she's still the boss. She's still my mom. Yeah, but she knows your heart. She knows yeah, who, so. she knows your stock. Like yeah. that's that's hard to find. By the way, only your mom gonna do that. Your woman gonna be like, yo, <laughs> let me holler at you, homeboy. Let me holler at you, homeboy. You wanna joke with your mom like that? All good. But with us <laughs> in public, sir. I'm gonna need you to fall back. <laughs> You're not in it. You're not in it. Yeah. But no, but that, but that's so true. I think, I think that's like your legacy, and that's something that mm -hmm. I really take personally. Yeah. Your legacy isn't when you perform. Like, cause when you're in the media, you know the game. Like, people come in, they're rude, they're nasty. Camera for comes sure. Hey, oh, I'm all like, use this mean a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. you know, people for turn sure. on and for and sure, like this sure. this veneer of perfection on social media and all types of stuff. But really, how do the people closest to them describe how they are and how do they feel? How about they make them? them feel? I remember, and you know this quote: "You'll never remember the simple things, but you always not even the simple things." You only remember how people make you feel, whether that's good or bad. You only remember, like, you, you'll you come in contact with so many people. I you got work a story with people. to tell you after this. Yeah, I know, but you work with people, yeah. you interact with people, and you always remember how they make you feel. Um, and I haven't always hit the mark on that, but I go out of my way for the people that 
Or like 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 in the studio. I got a I got we got a tight floor crew. I want to make sure every single person, no matter how, because I am. You have to realize I have so much bravado and testosterone working around so many men for so long. Yeah. Like I don't come at you like a dude. I'm yeah. like yo, homeboy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and they'll yeah. be like, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> um, it's very tough, and I'm working on that softer edge, right? Yeah. Uh, but I do want to make sure that everybody that I really have day to day personal contact with, that. I make them feel like they matter and they're important. To me, that's all that matters. I want to treat the president and the janitor the same way. My dad literally told me that. My dad said, I have respect for every human being, whether you're the child or whether you're the king. Everyone gets that same decency and respect. And it, and it's so fascinating is that, like, man, a lot of people get exposed. Even me, like, even I challenge myself on that, but a lot of people get exposed in that area. For sure. Like, they get so exposed, especially, like you said, especially in this industry. You literally see, like, so, like you're you're around them, and, and they interact one way with you, and then someone else comes in the room, and all of a sudden, yeah, it's like, like oh it's just God. like the, the sun. <laughs> Blast so many people. Yeah. Before I was on ESPN, who I met, because I live in L.A., surely living in L.A. Yeah. Like, you run into, you come in contact with celebrities all the time. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, let me, oh, she, okay, let me be cool. Yeah. You're like, oh, I see. Mm. But see, you, I, I say this about people who grew up in LA. I'm born and raised. Um, the star thing, and I need to, I need people to be very clear about what I'm saying. Born and raised is very different from being transplanted. No disrespect to transplants who come here to pursue dreams, to make it big, whatever, and they do. Born and raised, you are not, it's not, weird to see George Clooney in Starbucks. It's not crazy to see Ice Cube taking his kids to school. Like, and then you don't, you don't freak out. It's just what it is. You bump into people who are celebrities all the time or you befriend them in some random crazy way. Well, at UCLA, Matthew Johnson used to come up there all the time to play basketball. I would see so many athletes come there to play basketball. Kobe, all those people would just come and hang out all the time at UCLA. And we were like, ah! I did that with Magic, though. That's a lie. <laughs> but, like, it's just a part of what it is. And so when you start seeing these faces, you start being like, you've got to treat them like normal people. Because otherwise, it's almost like probably living in New York, too. Like, you just, mm-hmm. you just be like, okay, whatever. And when people treat you a certain way because they think you can do something for them or because you are on TV every day, it's foul, and we know it. Yeah. But by the way, or because you come up, you guys want to come up and they're treating you different. Like you say, you're talking about how you're going to re-interview certain people. Like you might have a different reaction from different people now that you already interviewed before, right? They're like, oh, all right, cool. Oh, your roommate's cool. Yeah, y'all doing it? Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. I see what's going on. Yeah. I see, but it's okay. Just peep game. Yeah. Like, it's fine. But just make sure you stay true to who you are. Like, because that's just the game. Like, you can't change who people are. People get so consumed. And you cannot. I get consumed. Not so much to the point like, oh, there goes so-and-so, but like everybody can get caught up in whatever way they can get caught up. Yeah. And people praising you and telling you how great you are, you can, some people can get caught up. Best advice I've ever got, ever in my entire life was don't get too high or don't get too low. Stay right here. And that's the best thing y'all could ever do. Don't get too high. I don't care how many great interviews you get, how much viral you know, pop off you get. Like, you gotta be, stay like this because it doesn't change your work ethic. It doesn't change your hunger. You don't, you, like, you don't let them change you. You don't start believing the hype. You know who I think does that? Deesa Samara. Like, I love them. Like, to me, they still who they are. They be like, ah. They still know that, you know, they popping, but like, it still seems the same way. I'm on Vice, or I'm on Showtime. It's still the same thing. And 
I don't care if my friends have changed or my zip code has changed. Like, I'm still who I am at the core. And that's the stuff you respect. Yeah, for sure. I think that's something that I feel like we both practice all the time. Like, you know, we coming from where, like, where we came from to, in two and a half years, like, we can be yeah. just as cocky if we wanted to be. Right. Like, we we know how much work and know we, where we want to go. Right. We got no reason. Right. To You're like, I'm both. chill. Like, we, yeah. like, we knew where we, this yeah. was going to be. Uh, Y'all still us. doing laundry, right? All the time. Yeah. Okay. I just yeah, went yeah. to the laundromat yesterday. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm they, still doing ain't laundry. nobody at home going to the yeah, laundromat. You still, do, you still go to, go, you go to the grocery market without being harassed. RV. You don't even want to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was living way better two years ago than I am now. But I'm there. with you. I'm yeah. saying, I can still I still wash my clothes. I still yeah. go to the market safe. Nobody's bothering me. Yeah. I'm all set. Exactly. What was your story that you were going to tell me? So what? You said you had a story. I meant when the cameras come off. I got to tell you a story about some Roommates, I'm cut. They drop Thursday. But no, and that, I think the point where this goes back to is that from what you said in the very beginning about identity, because once you know who you are and once you're firm in who you are, you don't change when the money comes. You don't change when the status comes. You don't change when the praises comes because you were that same person five years ago when you had no money Mm -hmm. and you had no status Mm -hmm. and you had no fame. So Mm -hmm. I think like constantly going back to identity, going back to finding who you are, finding that, finding that why, you know? And so, but a lot of people are struggling to find it. Mm-hmm. So if there's some struggling to find the why and struggling mm-hmm. to find their identity. So yeah. if there's somebody out here right now, a young man, young woman, they heard this episode, they're really encouraged yeah. and, they're, and they want to know, like, how do I find out who I am? What is a piece of advice that you can be willing to give them? I get that question a lot. I gotta be honest with y'all. Mm. Like I knew what I wanted to do since I was a kid. And so it's hard for me to answer that objectively in terms of like, this is what you do to find out your why. Um, I knew I wanted to be a broadcast journalist, right? I knew I wanted to tell stories. The moment I saw Oprah God Winfrey on TV as a kid, I was like, this, like something about her, just watching her on TV, I was like, God, that feels familiar, feels safe. She reminds me of my auntie. She reminds me of my mom. She reminds me of something. Everything about her felt very comfortable and real, right? And so I was drawn to that. So that led me to do what I wanted to do. I was like, I'm gonna be an attorney, I'm gonna be a journalist. The whole point was like, I was gonna talk and save lives. That was my whole point. And earlier, you guys both said something I thought was interesting. You said the images of black people were, you know, negative images portrayed in the media. And I remember thinking when I was a little kid, it was a combination of things. And, I, and it wasn't so much related to Oprah, but it was a combination of things that led me to what I'm doing. It was where I grew up, all the images I would see would be gangbangers. And, and, and that's all black men were. Be these crazy descriptions on the news, 5'10". Oh, yeah, you feel like I got your five You be like, uh, everybody. Between 180 my, to two. Oh, yeah, you're like, that's my uncle, cousin. Yeah. Oh, black, right, you're right. Scott, I was just yeah, like, who is that? Everybody walking Drive down the street. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <Impala>. <laughs> right? <I got> you. <laughs> right? And I was just like, that's not true. And as a kid, I was just like, if I ever was a reporter, I would make sure whoever I interviewed would be fair. I remember just thinking that as a kid. And then it just the image grew and grew and grew. Um, and that was my why when I first started, right? When I first, it was like, I'm gonna make sure these images of people that are on the news aren't only bad images, they were positive images. Or I remember when I worked in local markets, I wouldn't interview people who had rollers in their hair or house shoes or who, I'm like, I'm all set. I'm gonna do you a favor. I'm not putting this on TV looking crazy. I would do it on purpose because I was just like, I don't want to feed into whatever the stereotype is. Then the more and more I got into the business, 
the images started to become how I represented myself on TV, which I didn't realize. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm an image. I need to represent in whatever way that is. I need to be the vision, the dream, the why for somebody. Like, if I see it, I can do it. If you, if we all see it, because that's all we need to do is see it. And my, my advice to someone who's looking for their why is to really do something you care about and you're passionate about. No matter how crazy it sounds, follow that dream. I said that at the beginning. You got to dream, I will have a dream. Because it's so hard to do whatever you do. What I mean by that is whatever you love, whatever you want to pursue, whatever your dream is, is going to be difficult to be successful and sustain. And you have to love it so much that you don't care about the criticism, the hate, the bad words, the, the no's, because there's more no's than yeses. All you need is one yes, but there are more no's than you will have yeses. And you will not get only praise. You will get more criticism. And so you have to love what you do and understand that it's like in you, like it's in your spirit, like you feel ordained to do it, like that's your destiny. And if you don't have that, if that's the, if you don't have that feeling about something, some people don't have a feeling about something. I had that when I was a little kid, which is crazy, like, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that was always my destiny. This is what I'm supposed to be doing is what I'm doing right now. I never not felt I wasn't supposed to be doing this. I'm walking in ordered steps. But if you don't have that feeling, you don't have that why right now, then it would be do something that brings you whatever joy. Like, just think about when I do that, I'm happy. Like, it's just that simple. When I do that, that makes me feel good. And it just takes time. Like, you got to try Like, I remember I graduated. I knew I wanted to do this, but I had like 15 jobs. I was doing this. I was doing that. I'm like, modeling. I'm going to do this. I'm going to sell this. I'm going to da-da-da-da. And then until it finally came. And it's okay. Because you got to try all that out. You got to do all of that until you feel like this is it. I'm a sacrifice. I'm going to go move to, which I did, move to West Virginia and make $450 every two weeks. Eat. <laughs> but that's real. Crazy. How, I get crazy poor. But on TV, reporting about the poor, I'm like, but this is also me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm talking about this. Also I'm also poor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick before we wrap it up, sports. Talk sports. I need your uh, NBA predictions because I don't know what's going on. Man, I don't know what's happening. My mind is boggling. <sighs> Can I be honest? Go ahead. That's my podcast, be honest. Yeah. I'm gonna have y'all on my podcast when I come to LA next. Ooh, love it. It'll be dope. It'll be love dope. It. This is my thought right now. Um Diehard Laker fan, if you guys have done your research, yeah. grew up here, learned basketball from my grandmother by watching the Lakers in nosebleed seats, which mm -hmm. is why I'm in sports and eventually moved to sports. I um I love the idea of LeBron and AD. Like, I was on cloud nine. I never, ever once thought Kawhi was coming. Like, somebody tweeted me. It was like, Carrie, where Kawhi going? I was like, Clippers. And they was like, you are not a Laker fan. You know how, you know, how, you know Twitter's yeah, yeah, yeah. so emotional. Um, I knew he wasn't coming. I'm glad he didn't go. We need parity in the NBA. We do need parity in the NBA. We do need competition. I'm going to say something blasphemous. Not worried about Kawhi and Paul George as a team. Why? At all. Why? Because I can argue that. No, I don't think. Defensively, they're going to be killers. The entire team. It's ridiculous. Offense-wise, I don't think they have everything y'all think they're going to have. What do you think it would get to? Gary, Gary, Gary. I think I'm questioning if Paul George is, a, is as healthy as we think he is. He's coming off a of two short, like, shoulder surgery, right? I remember, I, do you guys remember? I don't know if you guys remember this. 
Whenever I say something that goes viral about an athlete, I talk so bad about. Do you remember the time I said Kevin Durant? I was talking about Kevin Durant. I don't know if you guys remember that. I said something about Kevin Durant and they just ripped me apart when he was OKC. And I was like, I wouldn't start my team with him because he, to me, doesn't have the heart that I would want, like a heart of a Kobe. And they were like, you're an idiot. Yeah, 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 and then he, then, he, then he went to OKC. He went to Golden State and they were like, well, maybe yeah. we take it back. <laughs> and this is not the same thing. But my point is, is that I just don't think they're going to be and roll the tape back. This will be in my mentions every five seconds. I just don't think they're going to have the offense that everybody thinks. Defense wins championships in football. I don't necessarily know if they're going to win championships in basketball because the three is greater than the two. So we shall see. They still got Lou. He come off the bench maybe. I don't know. That's just my hot take. So you can run with it. I think that um, I think Gold State is going to sit down for a minute. Define think a minute. Are you, and define sit down. Uh, yeah. Hey, they not going down. to. They not going to the finals. So they're still going to conference finals. Is that sitting down? That's like bending down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Is that squatting? Yeah, like wall sits. What's going on? I'm thinking about Houston. Don't even get me started. I don't know. And Russ is my dude. Shout out to my Bruin. I don't know how that's gonna work. I don't know. I have no. I, I have no. I have no concept. I have no concept. That might be great. That that's the only team to me right now that's a question mark where I can't give you a definitive answer of where I think what's gonna happen. Um I think Utah's gonna be great. Uh, great? Define great. I think they're gonna I think that the West is gonna have the power's gonna be in the West. I think Denver's I, gonna be great. I think Portland's gonna be great. And by great I mean like really competitive unexpectedly. That's what I mean. Competitive unexpectedly, where people are not giving them the props that are, they deserve. Competitive unexpectedly, but are they a threat in the finals? Or in the conference finals. Conference finals. They can be competitive. They can be there. But are they a true Who just said? I don't think Old State's going to the conference finals. I think it's Steph. I think they got Clay's out. And who else? No, no. I don't think they're going. I don't even think I don't even think they're going to the conference finals. They'll be in the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to the conference finals. Conference finals, I think. And I'm trying to not be so bougie about my Lakers. So conference I don't have the Lakers in there. That's a hot Hmm. take. At all. He's, dis- he's disrespectful. LeBron stays all. healthy, win the conference finals. Hey, yeah, it's not, even, it's not, even, not even a question. Not even a question. Why, I'd say it's actually why. Listen. They trade Lonzo Ball? <laughs> and Lonzo's my dude. Shout out Lonzo. Answer your email, Lonzo. God dang it. That's my dude. I, I really, I want to hear your prediction. I really believe that the Lakers will not have enough pieces in the in the long haul. I think that we surprisingly put some pieces together that people aren't really fooling with. I think like low key these quiet little deals that were made. You know what it reminds me of? Sorry for cutting you. you. Know what it reminds me? Of? It reminds me of that Lakers team when they got Gary Payton. No. Nope. When they got Kyle Nope. Mo. Nope. No. 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 You're off. You're off. You're off. No. No. Because those guys were in their like golden years. They were tapped. They not even. We got Demarcus Cousins. That's what he's comparing. And no. About the pieces. You just throwing pieces together. No. No. We'll see. We'll see. You guys. We don't have to look at the roster. And and you have to you have to realize Demarcus is like nobody was fooling with Demarcus. Demarcus has so much to prove, and he knows. 
people say like, oh, he's angry. He's angry. He's, angry to he's playing for money. He's playing for because he went from the man to no man. Like, oh. and you bouncing around from team to team. That's all a bad look. So he's yeah. playing for. He has, well, he's, he's motivated in a lot of different ways. So hopefully we'll he stays healthy and works hard. Like the rap on him is that he wasn't working hard. Yeah. So hopefully that was just what people were saying out of Golden State. So hopefully he works hard. But I'll tell you what, with like AD, AD and 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 LeBron together will be special because LeBron will want it to work because LeBron is more motivated. Back to people not giving him props for what he what he actually can contribute is that like he wants that to work. Like he and there's still some more there's still some more deals to be done. Like I'm not saying that I know nothing, but I'm saying there's still some more deals to be done. Okay, okay. So I'm saying you get you a like I'm still not gonna while Kawhi is currently the best player in the world because he just won that chip. Nobody was checking for Kawhi at the beginning of the season in Toronto. We start checking for Kawhi after they barely beat the Sixers. Then you were like, oh wait, time out. They can do it. And the reason they can do it was because KD was hobbled. KD, a real KD playing on a... Oh, it's been done. It's been done, dog. It's been done. So I don't want us to be a prisoner of the moment. I want us to really kind of take a step back and be like, okay. But what it did do for Kawhi was give him swagger. What it do, baby, better than anything else, right? Like it do, baby? He feeling himself. Like, and so that's all. Sometimes that's all you need. I just got to believe. And then that just takes you to a whole nother level. But I'm not going to count LeBron. I can't count LeBron out. That would be Lakers ridiculous. And Lakers and who? Lakers and who? I will see. What'd you say? I'll be disrespectful. We'll see. He's disrespectful. He's disrespectful we'll to LeBron. Not to LeBron. I love LeBron, Jay. Don't disrespect me like that. Who are you disrespectful to, Dad? No, it, the Lakers. It, it hurt and me what they did. It, me personally. That's what I'm saying. He's bitter because of nonsense. What they do to you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Sugar Pie. What did they do? Me? I don't like how when you're building... This is me. The new age is win now, right? right. I'm like I like the Astros model. Okay, right? I like I the like, Patriots I, model. I like I like the I like the longevity. I lo- I like the pieces. I like drafting. Yeah. I, I like that's not the game in the NBA no more though. And and it bothers me when you just when, it bothers me when you have three, well technically four was it four first round picks in a row top five picks. No, 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 it wasn't that. Who you talking just, about? It was just Lonzo. B.I., and that was it. No, I'm talking about in the past five, four or five years. You said top. Yeah. Well, what, what was Russell? Uh, uh, D'Angelo? Yeah. yeah. He was He was oh, like, yeah, he he was was like three. Yeah, he was like three. Who was, who was before that? Because they traded That's some... it. That was, Russell was, was Nick one. Young? No. No. No, no. Nick Young. No. He was, <laughs> he was no. like. Yeah, he got picked up as a free agent. But they drafted D'Angelo Russell. They yeah. drafted Brandon Ingram. They drafted Lonzo Ball. Yeah. All top So picks. three. So that was it. And those three, and shipping all three of them out. To me, it's like it's unfair because they want to win now. To me, it's, it's like I understand. Go I, ahead. I, I I agree okay. with your philosophy, but I gotta be honest, and I got roasted. There takes a certain level of mentality to play in LA, and if you're too young and you get too consumed, which is what's happening right now with a lot of these rooks that come in, you can't win. D'Angelo Russell wasn't ready for LA. You be you put on that purple and gold, it's a whole nother level of expectation. You run around this city, you treat it like a superstar. And you're given access to stuff that you should only be having access to if you could really handle that. And he couldn't handle it. This is not the 80s when Magic came out from Michigan State. It's a whole nother level of game out here. That's why D'Angelo had to go leave and he could only thrive in Brooklyn. He had to be removed from other areas. There was too much, too much temptation, too much nonsense. They think you they treat him like he was a slave. He wasn't ready, my take. He went to Brooklyn and he did so much better because he wasn't ready for the environment. So that wasn't so much a Laker decision. It was like he couldn't function here. And there are things probably that was happening in Brooklyn we don't know about off, off the court. There's a lot of stuff we don't know about, right? Like, you think we know everything, how they moving? B.I., I think he's going to be a great player. But again, 
it's so hard and it's so easy to get caught up. You sitting in the front row and every celebrity you ever it wanted to win. You get caught up though the first couple of years you don't when get you're young. You don't get caught up in New Orleans. Ain't nobody in the front row that was like- in Los Angeles. No, a lot of people don't get caught up, but like, Kuz didn't get caught up. You know why he didn't caught up? Because his he's, I would, I say that with a cautionary tale to him now. And I tell him that too, like, dude, chill. Like, don't get caught up. You, he came in with no expectations. He had to prove himself. That's why he was able to hustle. So and he was a little bit older. And he was a, li- a and he was a slightly older. older, a little more fully developed. Yes. Same with Josh Hart. Yes. I moved with Hart because he was a fully developed. And by that, I mean, he stayed in school the entire time athlete. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have, and he and he wasn't treated the same way they were. There were no expectations. You come in, everybody treats you like you famous, and you about to win it, and we about to give you the keys to the castle. It's hard. Lonzo wasn't caught up. He just didn't have enough time. One, he was doing well, and he just didn't get enough time to get fully developed for other reasons, as we all know, right? We all know. For <laughs> other reasons. But I, 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 was, I was sad to see him go because I was like, give him another year. He would have been good. Like, yeah. he is good. Not even would have been good. He yeah. is good. He just needed to become his own man. Yeah. So there, 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 like there's an exception to the rule. You can get all these top draft picks, but it's just hard to function in this in this world in this La La Land because it's called La La Land for a reason. Put on, come on, man! Like I can't even explain to you. I watch you guys go from being super humble, and I see them six months later after the season began, and they got on shades and special outfits, and and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, you, oh, you believe the hype, but yeah. that goes back to don't get too high, don't get too low. Focus on what it is. LeBron can live here and thrive now. I, I had a conversation the other day with Demar Derozan. He was like, I couldn't have came to L.A. when I was a kid. I couldn't have handled that. That's some real talk. Some athlete saying like, I'm from here, and I wouldn't have been ready to handle it when I was a kid because of all of the stuff that it brings. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah and, and I guess what I was saying was, if you're going to be Los Angeles, and it's been a long time, you know, because when the Kobe era, like, they weren't drafting they weren't drafting these lottery picks for the most part. If you're Los Angeles and you're drafting these young kids with lottery picks, by nature, it's going to have to be a learning curve. By nature, you're going to have to be patient with these kids. And there was no leader on that team to teach them to be patient. Kobe was done. Yeah. Kobe wasn't trying to teach nobody. Y'all know Kobe. That's my dude. Love you, Kobe. He wasn't trying to teach. He wasn't like, come here, let me show you. Yeah. They were afraid of Kobe when they was playing with Kobe because he is Kobe and he and he was not he wouldn't warm hugs and fuzzy talks like he he not going to talk to you like that. Everybody will tell you that wasn't Kobe. Like, don't talk to me like, you know, me get to, get, get out of my face. You don't know me. Yeah. Or like if you I, I mean, I hear these endless stories that just wasn't him. There was no leader to teach them and bring them and be like this. How it is. And even when Kobe was here, people forget short term memory. Kobe struggled. Yeah. He struggled. That's what I'm saying. That's Playoff Kobe like, struggle when he first. But Kobe wanted to be so great, and that mindset, which made him great, does not exist in everybody. Like Kobe wanted it. Y'all think about an 18 year old Kobe? How hungry was he? He was so bold. He was taking all them shots and missing everything, and dared somebody mm. to say something. Yeah. These kids are afraid now. Ain't nobody taking as many shots as Kobe did, and be like, whatever, a shooter gonna shoot yeah. in the playoffs? What? Nah, come on. Like, it's just a different mentality. Like, I think we just got to put, we compare these past generations. There was no leader on the Lakers team for the last however many years. When Kobe got injured, it was a wrap, and he wasn't bringing these people in, and I thought they were afraid of him, so they couldn't comfortably play with him, right? Like, then finally you get these kids, like, they don't, it's hard. Nobody was there to guide them and direct them. That's just that's just my my hot take on it. There really wasn't somebody that could be like, all right, thank you. And that's what was lacking in that locker room. And And LeBron came in kind of, I think under the impression that he would be able to help these young kids, but also under the impression like I need another star. And so if you feel somebody feeling like you ain't gonna be my number two, then you 
We're going to feel some type of way. Exactly. We're just going to see a whole different mindset and a whole different approach. We'll see. Real quick, how do you feel about them shipping off Julius? Was that last year they shipped off Julius? It, again, another yeah, person was, was it, Like, do you think it's by accident that they, they thrive wherever they go to? It's not an accident. I mean, he, I was, like he was doing well. He was doing well. I like he was Julius. doing well the, 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 like, back end of that year, though. But back to what you're saying, like, it's win now. Like, I thought they should have kept him. Yeah, no, I think saying. they should have kept him. That's why I don't like, of, that's why out I don't like all Los, of Los them, Angeles. Probably Julius probably the one they should have kept. Out of I all agree. Of them, I agree. Yeah. Julius was the real, he was the real deal. But he also, he had that mindset like he was LeBron, too, sometimes. I'm like, Julius, bro, you out here. But, but that back end of that season? No, he was, but I was like, yeah. He was balling. But sometimes, like, hold on. I think yeah. I think the Pelicans are gonna be great. I think we'll see. Uh, I think I yes. think it's gonna be great for everybody's career. I think everybody. I think like, I think they all need to stay right there. I hope they. They do. can they cannot be like single superstars. Light, light skin for the squad plus Zoe. Like yeah. I mean plus Zion. Yeah, nice. Zion. Yeah, <laughs> light skin for because they all light. Nice. I used to call yeah. them light skin. Whenever they were I'm like light skin, yeah. they back in. Back to ain't nothing wrong with light skin. Oh, well, thank you. I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bad rep right now. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with light skin. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. See. 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 Not that <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that was that was that was crazy. But I don't like wrap it up. I think Lakers gonna be in the finals. Okay, nice. Who are they gonna be in the in the, in the conference finals? Uh, that's I that, don't know. To me, that that's to that's the question. That's the question. That's that why I was like, I'm, I'm putting question. them in the conference finals, but I don't know who they beat. Yeah, because like back to your Clippers point, like they do have to score. And Paul Joy is healthy, and he's hitting forty percent from the three point line. They will be dangerous. That's gonna be that, but that's a huge. That's a huge if, and then. Also, what I didn't like about Kawhi is the last two games, especially in games like six, uh, Lowry saved him. Like to me, because he he went off like twenty points straight in that first but quarter. Kawhi was not one hundred percent either. That's true. That's but true. like, no, Kyle Kyle did a great job. He did a great, and he heard all that noise, all that talk people was telling me and telling him, and and yeah. he definitely stepped no. up. So I'm I'm a little bit concerned about Kawhi if it's game six, game seven. Like, which one are we gonna get? Are we gonna right. get that dog? Or are we gonna get the the you know? No, that? I think that's why I said his confidence is on a million. So I think we are gonna get that dog. All right, but if we get that dog, then that's that's that's. A good I, but I don't know. I you have to. Like, you talking to the most biased the person because I'm like the most biased Clippers fan ever. I've lived in the city forever, and I've never seen the Clippers. I've never seen that organization do anything worthy. We mm. I've been hearing this Blake Griffin CP3 <laughs> Lob City <laughs> talk <laughs> forever. I have point. never. Like, oh man, they the they the biggest city, they the biggest show in town. No, they not. No, they not. It's JV versus varsity all day. Damn. Go take a look yeah. at what's go take a look at what Snoop posted. He it gave you the the hierarchy of basketball in LA. Like it was almost like USC basketball, then Clippers. Like it was like <laughs> oh, you guys go to see that post he posted. It was how <laughs> so it was how it was so dis it was so disrespectful. Because he's such a heart he's such a hardcore Lakers fan, but yeah. so accurate before us like fanatics, us Laker fanatics. But like he put a hierarchy. It was like it was like Lakers, UCLA basketball. It was a crazy. You just gotta. Yeah. And the whole point was that, and it's not a black cat walking around that franchise. It was just like it don't work. Y'all act like Elton Brand didn't hold it down for the years, guys. I missed it. <laughs> I missed it. Disrespect. Wrap the <laughs> I missed it. Elton Brand, man. He should be the whole fame. Just for holding it down. Alone. <laughs> but, Carrie, we want to thank you so Thanks much. for having me. I had a lot of fun. Like, yes, you yes. have so much wisdom, yes. just so much knowledge. Like, you really, really inspired me, really encouraged me. Yes. I hope a lot of people are blessed by your message. Where can people reach out to you at? Um, Social and Twitter. So, so Twitter, Instagram. That's my social. 
Seltzer at Carrie Champion, C-A-R-I Champion, C-H-A-M-P-I-O-N. I have my um, podcast, Be Honest, wherever you get your... Check it out, subscribe to it. Yeah, wherever you get your podcast. And then um, CarrieChampion.com, and then you, that links you to my, my foundation. So for all the brown girls who got a dream, ow, ow. Check it out, check it check out, it guys. Out. And always remember, guys, reach out to Carrie. Let her know what about the podcast. Shout out to you guys, man. She was absolutely amazing, guys. Shout her with love. You know how we get down the Roommates podcast. My name is Hafiz. Chris the Star of the Show, baby. And we are joined by the one and only. Carrie Champion. And we are the Roommates, guys. Subscribe, check us out. Continue to share the great content. We love you guys so much. And I <laughs>